0: Boys and
1: girls of every age, wouldn't you like to hear something strange?
2: Listen to us and you will see, this our state on Halloween. This is a place, this is a place, listeners scream in the dead of night. This is a place, everybody make a face, listen to what we cover tonight. In our show, Brandon screams, because Nate, it's Halloween. I'm the one who likes to provoke
1: everybody with my jokes. This may come at no surprise, when Nate makes jokes, I roll my eyes. This is a
2: place, this is a place, Halloween, 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 Halloween. In this town, we call home, everyone listen to our episode.
1: Thank you for listening to This is a Place podcast. My name is Brandon, and I'm joined by a man who hates gravity, Nate. Yes, because
2: it's always bringing me down. (laughs) That was my joke this morning to my son, because I was singing Defying Gravity. Can you give us a rendition of it right here? I don't know the words, to be honest with you. Well, you just need to know Defying gravity. Gravity. Beautiful. So my son said, do you like Gravity, Dad? And I said, no, I hate it. It's always bringing me down. I don't think he got my... Well, he doesn't really like Dad jokes. He hates my stupid jokes. He, he's a little more literal. Very, very literal. Um, so, yeah. How was your uh, week, Brandon? It was good. It was a good week. But we uh, we spent the weekend down at Zion's. Ponderosa Ranch, I guess you could say, right next to it. My brother-in-law's family has a cabin down there. And, um... Spent the weekend riding four-wheelers. We went into Zion's and... I guess, what do you call it? Not cliff jumped. I guess you call it cliff jumped. Into a little pond thing that we found. Um, That wasn't very deep and lots of rocks, so it wasn't necessarily the most... Um... Safe thing to do, but we did it anyways, and uh, visited a uh, haunted house that's on the property there last night.
1: So good, good weekend. Which is a good segue into the fact that it is now officially spooky season, Halloweeny season. I I feel like I've been in this mood for the past month already. Anyway, but we couldn't do September and October Halloween episodes. But even though it's Last couple of days of September, we're we're bringing in a little bit early for the podcast because yeah. we got a lot to cover.
2: Well, truth be told, this is the reason we do the podcast is just for this <laughs> time of year, right? I mean, Christmas is kind of cool too. Yeah, we just need some validity to having a podcast so we can get cool guests like we have today
1: on to talk about haunted things with us. So, and we got who I look to as the official spokesmen spokespersons for the haunted community in Utah because I because they are the real Lorraine and Ed Warren of Utah <laughs> well I don't know if they do the kind of things that Ed and Lorraine do they they know their stuff and so it was great to speak with Matt and Jennifer of the Dead History and they had a a lot of good stuff to say about the Windover Airfield, which was kind of the main topic, but it turned into more just hearing about their take on kind of ghosts and the paranormal. And let's listen to that. We were doing some, some research beforehand, and we saw you guys have a whole only in your state thing, which is kind of cool. Yeah.
0: yeah. Kind of been all over the place around the internet.
1: <laughs> yeah. She's kind of a big deal. I think you guys are the de facto haunted authorities of Utah. Is that a fair assessment?
0: Wow. I mean, I would like to, I hope so. I think so. I don't know if other people think that.
3: <laughs> I mean, that, that's a pretty big claim. I'm sure there's, there's some competition for that. But yeah, I, I, wouldn't, mind, uh, I wouldn't mind being in the, in the ranking for that.
1: <laughs> yeah, that'd be a pretty good title.
2: But how do you guys uh, know each other? We're married. Yeah. Okay, that's why I figured I didn't, <laughs> didn't want to assume. And then how did you guys, um, how did this come to be? How did you guys get into this hobby?
0: Well, he got sucked into it when we got married. Um, so he's been doing that, what, six years now? Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I've been doing it since 2007. Um, I've always just really been into, like, the paranormal, and I saw a shadow figure when I was a kid, and it kind of, like, set me off on that path. And so that's how I got started. And then um, when I moved to Utah, like the ghost hunters TV show had just come out. So it was like super popular. And I was like, now's my chance. I can get out there and do it. And no one wanted to let me join their team. So um, I started my own team and I did that for a few years and then it was just too much. It was like every weekend doing something and there's always drama in the paranormal field. And so I switched over to blogging about the history a few years ago and it's much better that way.
1: (laughs) And then you can kind of run your own investigations and things just as, as you like to in your own terms and that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Like um, we still do it every now and then not very often. Um, A lot of the really good places in Utah are either just completely off limits or they've been torn down. So um, it's kind of limited here in the state. So uh, when we travel, we try to go to at least a couple weird or spooky places uh, wherever we go. But like actual investigating, we don't we don't
3: hardly do that at all. Yeah, it's, unless unless we're running it like like Wendover.
0: Yeah, and that's why I think we think Wendover is so fun because we don't get to do it very often. So,
1: well, tell us what exactly. What you call yourselves is the Dead History Project. Is that right? So
0: it's just the Dead History. Um okay. and that that kind so the Dead History started when um I quit investigating all the time, but I wanted to still kind of be involved in some way. And one of the things when I was an investigator, um is I just realized like so many teams and people in general were just using really bad history to base like their investigations on. And so they were promoting these fake stories that they, they thought were real, but the information they had been given was just bad. And so um, towards the end, when I was still on the team, I, I was kind of the one that would do all the background research. And then after I quit, um, that just became the dead history. And, and it was kind of just it, honestly, it was something personal for me, like, I never expected it to really Go anywhere or have you know people reading it, like I really didn't think anyone would read it, so it kind of just grew from from there, and now it just it's a monster.
3: <laughs> it's a manageable monster though we We try to put common sense and business sense into it, make sure it's it's viable and still's running.
1: But what kind of things do you have that are going on that that keep you so busy, especially this time of year?
0: Um, so Matt and I run a walking tour business uh, in Ogden, mainly it's on 25th street. Um, and so we do um, three different tours. We do a, a, a spooky tour, we do a true crime tour, and then we do a red light tour cause Ogden back in the day had a, a legal red light district. And so um, Halloween, like this time of year, so like the, the middle to the end of September through like the end of October, our tours are are usually just booked solid. And then, you know, we have like Wendover, um, which is usually somewhere around there. And um, I'll get a lot of people wanting like uh, interviews or, or things like that for, you know, spooky places in Utah. And so like, I love it because it's fun and I love Halloween. It's my favorite, Um, but it's, it gets really, really hectic. And like, we, we have to really stick to a calendar or else it's just, it's just, it's crazy. So, <laughs> yeah, but I love it. I'm not like, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm complaining because I'm not complaining. It's just how it is.
2: So if, if somebody comes on one of your tours, what would they expect or what, what do you provide? Um, we
0: provide so what we it's kind of like if the dead history was uh in a tour form.
2: And I so like going to a museum or something like that. Like you're the tour <laughs> guide walking through the museum or
3: we try to jazz it up. So it's it's coupled with Jen's brilliant research and stories of actual historical sightings, public records, what we know as far as facts go. And then um she also delves into sightings, which are word of mouth and you know, uh first-hand or second-hand accounts of, of what actually happened there. Um, and then we also have AV presentations. We, we carry an iPad, iPad with us to show pictures, illustrations, um, or, you know, just aids to, to help the, the conversation and, and the story along.
2: We'll be right back. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast?
0: I'm really big into um, kind of focusing on the people that these ghost stories are like based on um, because I think they're overlooked a lot. And so, for example, one of the stops on our spooky tour is um, the Union Station and they have a really famous ghost. Um, His name was Frank Yenser. He was killed when the clock tower basically fell on his head so like in our, um, during our tour, Matt has the iPad and we have pictures of of Frank, um, p- pictures of like what the building looked like right before it killed him, things like that. So that people, I want people to realize like, yes, there's stories, but they're also based in things that actually happen to real, you know, people that live there. So
2: not just, not just l- stories, a legend yeah. or something like that, right? Or rumors. Exactly.
3: Yes. When, when you take walking tours, sometimes uh, folks tend to embellish or have uh, straight up fiction uh, of, of stories that might have happened in a particular area. Um, we, we don't engage in that. We we like to base all of our stories in fact. Um, and as much as possible, we'll even fact check our own stories um, to ensure that they are correct, or at least we've got the best information possible.
1: I went through and binged your guys all the podcasts you had recently
3: i'm sure that was a short binge
1: (laughs) (laughs) no you had a a good amount so i what i appreciate about it is you really do have the stick to the facts and so i guess speaking from my firsthand experience just listening to those is you guys do focus on the truths and like i was listening to the nunnery episode and you said yeah a lot of this is like hearsay like this They said this happened, but we don't really know if it's real or not. Um, And I think that's good because you watch a show like Ghost Hunters and it's a show. They have to entertain the audience and keep them engaged. And so they'll throw in things that maybe aren't factual. And (laughs) like the the cloud covering. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so I like that you're sticking to what actually happened and and. You know still the belief that there's something else going on there but you're not going to make up stories or things that happen
3: you're absolutely right that's a that's a great point um when it when it comes to this kind of business and the stories that we're covering it, it takes research it takes library work it takes um looking up old newspapers it takes sitting in a room quietly for hours at a time um in a ghost hunt you know a ghost hunt is is like three hours and 45 minutes of complete boredom punctuated by 15 minutes of abject terror. Mm -hmm. Like that's if you're lucky.
0: Yeah. If you're lucky.
3: Yeah. And that's, that's not sexy. That's not entertaining. That's not something you can put on discovery plus and make a million dollars off of. Um, and so you don't see that. You don't see that on, on shows like that because it's not going to sell, uh, commercials. So, what we do is is we show the people what is actually happening, what are the facts, what is what is the fruit of Jennifer's labors as far as that research and the stories behind the people. You know humanizing those people, rather than um, you know, one of our team has this bad feeling about something that might happen and then Rick flies across the room, you know we that's that's not our business. That's not how we engage.
0: I mean, honestly, like, at least with Ogden, I don't want to speak for like other places, but, you know, Ogden really does have a wild and crazy history. And so um, there's plenty of like, real stories um, that are terrifying and, you know, interesting and spooky to where we don't need to like, embellish or do any of that because there's just been a lot of weird stuff that's happened down there. And Wendover is like the same way, like Wendover, is um it's crazy (laughs) yeah
3: yeah if if you dig deep enough truth is definitely stranger than fiction yeah and certainly weirder. and that's
1: why we wanted to have you guys on is because nate and i we we just kind of stick to the wikipedia facts we're we're really bad fact checkers and having someone like you on um you can tell us the the real details of it and so Going off of what you're talking about with Wendover, knowing that there is also this haunted history behind it is is really interesting. So could you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, i had heard years ago that it was haunted. I really, um, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know, like, its significance in history or what was out. I, I, I think at that point, I don't think I even had gone to Wendover ever. So I didn't even know where Wendover was. Um, and then a few years ago, Matt and I, and our friend, um, Helmy Kramer were at Wendover during the weekend. And when we were leaving, I was like, Hey, let's go, um, let's go check out the Wendover airfield. Cause it's just right down the street and the museum was open and Kramer had brought his, um, fancy voice recorder. I, I don't think we had planned it. I'm not sure why he had it, but he uh, had it. Yeah. And so we were in the museum, um, in the middle of the day, there wasn't anyone else other than like one of the one or two of the people that worked there, there wasn't anyone else there. And so we just set his voice recorder on top of a um, it's a it's a model of the bomb that they dropped on Hiroshima. And so we just set it down and he and I just started talking about like, oh, you know, it must have been really boring to have been stationed out here in the middle of nowhere. And, um, you know, just things like that, talking about the location. And when we played it back, he just had thought this just insane EVP where um, you could hear like two to three other people like talking about us while we were talking. And so that's when we were like, okay, maybe this place really is, you know, haunted. We need to find out some more. And it took us a couple of years mm-hmm. to be able to get a working relationship with the, with the foundation out there, um, but it's been fantastic. and every year you know different things happen and like you can we'll go there kind of expecting certain areas to be more active than others and um it never disappoints Uh, and it's it's a fundraiser for the foundation too and so that's what we really like is you know we're not just going to make some money we're um letting people experience it in a really um a really well thought out way to where it benefits them. They're not like 50 people thrown in a a small building. And then the foundation gets money to help restore some of the buildings that they still have. So um, I think this was our third year.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, last year doesn't count. So uh, it's our third year. It's the smoothest running uh, one we've had so far. We're getting great feedback on it. Um, And it was extremely active. We actually opened up a new area uh, called the infirmary which was kind of like an Instacare, you know, clinic that they had back then, uh, aside from the hospital. And we got some incredible um, observations and uh, recordings from that. Um, It was just one of our best most active. I mean, in addition to the usually active spots that we have, like the nurses quarters and the Enola Gay Hangar, uh, and the firehouse, uh, the infirmary was just hot hot um shadow figures and uh people getting touched Yep, yeah we had we had an individual that got punched in the side um which was one of the most um you know marked interactions that we've had uh where they actually got jammed in the ribs so it was it was pretty lively so I'll, I'll first
1: tell you why I believe it's haunted, and then you can tell me why it really is. So I kind of get the feeling that the reason you talked about the Enola Gay hangar and the the bomb being built there, I kind of get the vibes of like the Winchester house and the the Winchester rifles, the ghosts from the people that have passed. Is that kind of where the the activity comes from? Is the lives that were lost because of what was built there, or what's what's the story behind it?
0: Um, I personally, I think that it's more of like, I believe that most of it's residual. Let me start out by saying that. I don't think that, um, I don't think you have like souls that are trapped and reliving certain things. I think it's just kind of like an energy that's getting played over. Um, but I, I get the impression that it's just, you know, young guys that were, um, in a really stressful period and they were on this base that was literally in the middle of nowhere with like really harsh conditions. You know, it was freezing in the winter, it was boiling hot in the summer. And I think they were lonely. I think they were stressed. And so I think that just kind of like imprints on things. And then, you know, you have other things like you have, um, it was a bomber uh, training base. And so you had men that were going out training on these bombers and a lot of them crashed. And so those guys never came back. Um, and you know, you had a couple suicides out there. Um, the base hospital is, is a really active part and that, that hospital not only was treating the guys that were stationed there, but for instance, if there was a really bad wreck on the highway near the base, they would bring the the civilians there. There was a really bad train wreck back in the day. They took those civilians there. So you had like all sorts of different people that were, um, you know, living and working on this base. And then on top of that, um, after the war, it was used by the Air Force and used by the city for quite some time. So there's like, for instance, the, um, the firehouse was not initially a firehouse. And um, we do believe it's haunted by guys that worked there when it was a fire station. And that would have been, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, even into the 80s. So there's like different eras of things too, which I think is pretty interesting.
1: So. So just all the activity from over the years, just lots of different things going on. It's just not one, one tragic event or whatever that caused the, I guess all the activity that you guys are picking up on.
0: Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't think so. I could be completely wrong. Um, But I think, I think most of it honestly is um, like the firehouse, I think is a, a, ghosts that liked their job and they're kind of still hanging out making sure that everything's okay and kind of like looking after the place um from that that building has had like full-bodied apparitions and things like that and so that's the reports that we've gotten from people that experienced it that that worked there when it was a fire department um but other places like uh like the hospital and the infirmary you know there's some kind of darker stuff going on there that's they're a little
3: bit angry. Yeah, we get ang- a lot of angry responses uh, in those areas. And the hospital is is where that that guy got jammed in the ribs as well um, and had to take a break. Um, so it's it's really interesting. Um, and and we do a little bit to rile them up as well. You know, we try to trigger them a little bit or um kind of troll them to get those reactions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it it seems that depending on who you are, how you're interacting with them, you sometimes get very, very visceral reactions.
1: I think I like that idea. You talked about the firehouse. I, I like to think that's the kind of ghost I'd be. It's not a, a violent ghost, but one that just kind of likes to hang out and beware. Well, I'm assuming if you weren't violent in your mortal life,
2: you're probably not violent in your spirit life. <laughs> yeah. Like, That's what I always
0: say. You know, like you'll watch certain TV shows and they'll be like, oh, it's a demon. And like, I just, my eyes roll like into another dimension whenever I hear that. Cause it's like, (laughs) honestly, you know, if you were a jerk when you were alive, if you were a mean person or just angry all the time, there's a good chance that you're still like that in your like ghost self. And so, um, I think it's, you know, they're, they were people, they have personalities. Some are nice. Um, some aren't, I, you know, in the nurses quarters that went over, I think that, um, whatever's there just kind of doesn't like us coming in and asking questions. I don't think she's necessarily, you know, mean or anything. I just think she's like, why are you here? You need to get out. You don't belong here. She was a bossy nurse
1: nurse in her life. And so she continues.
0: Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah, Yeah. Yep. She's very, no nonsense. Like somebody asked her age and that's, she got very riled up they got don't ask women her age (laughs) yeah yeah well and and at that time it was very inappropriate to ask a lady her age um but the the reactions that we get on evps are very no nonsense and like uh like a bossy nurse like why are you are you stupid or something Mm -hmm. why are you asking this get out we've had enough
1: this is authorized personnel only why are you here? yeah Yeah.
3: exactly yeah well it's we're, we're in their, their living space as well. Like this was the nurse's quarters. So, um, the, the building was their dorm. It was their rooms. It was their, their living space. So us coming in there and tromping through group after group,
0: especially men,
3: right? Yes. No men allowed in the yeah. nurse's quarter. It's probably, uh, taken as a, a real intrusion, which is good for us because we troll them and, and we get great reactions. Wow.
1: You know, I've never actually thought about that. The translation of this person is going to be the same, you know, as in ghost form, I guess, because of Hollywood and and the way that it's always portrayed is when you die, you're just going to be violent and angry all the time, but that just (laughs) doesn't make sense. The the way you put it, it just, it, it makes it really clear. And so, I mean, maybe if you're going to a place like I, I did a ghost tour, in salt lake it was a bus tour a couple of years ago and they took us to different places like they we did like a ted bundy uh area that went to so going to a place like that like i'm sure a ted bundy ghost would be a pretty unlikable ghost a, a pretty yeah i don't
0: think ghost. i'd want to deal with him <laughs> no
1: definitely not so do you have a theory on
2: why ghost haunt or like, what is it the way they died or just, they won't Talk, going back to Hollywood, right? They all have the shows that they right. just need to, they just need to move on or something. They need to finish whatever I mean, they were trying to do. Or do you guys have a theory on where they come from or what they're trying to accomplish or do, or do you think they're just stuck in that energy field or
0: like, honestly, I really, um, I think most of them are just energy. And I know this makes me sound completely crazy, Um, but it's kind of like a tape recording that somehow, you know, is imprinted. And then at certain times it just plays back. And like a really good example of that is um, if there's, let's say you have a haunted house and the, the owner says, you know, a few nights a week, I see this person in my house and it walks from this room and down the hallway. And then it goes in this other room. And it's always like, I always see it doing that. I never see it um doing something else so that that kind of thing would lead me to think like it's just somehow there i don't think it's like an emotional thing like i don't think there's a spirit attached i don't think you know it's trapped or anything like that i think it's just kind of something that gets replayed um i have been in places where you know we're doing evp work and it'll call you out by name um and that would lead me to think that there's something intelligent there. Like it's not just you know energy that's that's imprinted. That there's something that's able to to somehow interact. Um, how or why? I couldn't I couldn't even begin to tell you. Like my my friend who's been you know all over the place um, on a TV show, really really well known haunted places. And if you ask him like what he thinks about ghosts, he'll say ghosts aren't real. So it's just like how to explain it. I have no idea.
3: Well, I've kind of adopted the same stance. It's ghosts aren't real, but then there's a caveat of I've heard and seen some stuff that I can't explain, right? So I, I try to keep that that kernel of skepticism before I get carried off with my imagination and making up stories or assumptions that aren't really supported by any kind of data. Like, I, I want to have data. I want to have as much information so that I can be more sure of, of what's going on. And otherwise, it's okay to be unsure and not know, right? But if I'm going to say that, you know, this is definitely a ghost or this is definitely some intelligence or some sentient spirit being that's interacting with me, I want some data to back that up. It, it can't be randomness or, you know, um, pareidolia, audible pareidolia where I'm like, that really sounded like you know he's he's ordering a a large milkshake so yes yes i think that was a large milkshake yes absolutely (laughs) i agree and that you know there's cognitive biases that come into play there that i don't want to engage in i want to make sure that i'm challenging those assumptions because we we really want to apply some level of factual science and empiricism to this this study and these investigations Otherwise it's, it's just a a romp, you know, and it's what, what are we actually getting out of it other than entertainment?
0: And I think we kind of look at it as, at least I try with like the dead history, like here's all the information. This is what people have said about a certain place. This is what I was able to find, you know, in the records do with it what you will. Like, if you want to believe that it's just coincidental, cool. If you think there's, you know, a ghost there, it's haunted or whatever, that's great like i'm not here and i I know matt's not like we we're not here to try to convince people one way or the other because usually people are kind of already like made up in their mind which way they're gonna go so
2: have you had guests come on that were skeptics and said you know i don't believe in this stuff and then at the end of the tour say i same thing you just said you know i can't explain what just happened
0: Yeah, like um, at least so the the tours in Ogden, we don't we don't get to go inside any place. So it's really not something where um, they're really going to get to experience much just because it's, you know, you're outside. But with Wendover, certainly. And I think um, this year, even like people had had come. I know at least one one set of people came. They had never um, done anything like that before. They hadn't been on a walking tour and done like anything, but they were, you know, kind of into it. And I think it really blew their mind. Because we had this year was just, I don't know if it's because last year, we didn't do really an event, we did a really, really, really small one. Um, Or, or if it was just like the time of year, what was going on, but it was like, really active, like we, you know, you had people hearing footsteps in the room next to us when there was no one in there, you had um, shadow figures. There was in the Enola Gay hangar, it was really crazy. There was a white barn owl that was living in there and we didn't know it at first. And then all of a sudden we see this white owl like swooping down in the the massive hangar. Like it was just really terrifying. <laughs> it was so cool. So wow. I think it makes people think that maybe, you know, like maybe there's something to it. Maybe there's something out there that
3: that we just don't know what it is. Yeah. And that's that's good enough for me. You know, getting people to challenge their assumptions or what they think they know about something, and and letting them think about it a little bit more. That's that's really the goal, and, and at least that's my personal goal as well. Being a skeptic, I want to question everything that comes at me, to say, "Are you sure that was a large milkshake It could have been just you know, like me me shuffling around with my feet or something like that that got picked up. Right. So, letting letting people challenge themselves, saying, "You know, ghosts aren't real," but I swear to God, I heard somebody say my name just now. Like that's, that's enough for me to help them, them question that those, those bad biases that they have.
1: And it's not fair to just put all the ghosts in one cookie cutter thing either. It's all, there's all, there's tons and tons of different types of ghosts that they've come up with, right? Banshees and phantoms and poltergeists. Like there's, there's not a one size fits all for, these energies or these recordings or whatever it may be that you're talking about, right? Like you said, Matt, all the data and evidence that we can gather, that's good enough.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean if we can if we can find some other way to gather more data, I'm all about it. Absolutely.
1: Yeah.
2: And
3: we're we're still exp- trying new experiments and different ways to to get kind of that that objective information um, as much as possible. Um, we, we engaged in the estis method um, this this time around, which is um, kind of a, a single blind experiment where somebody is uh, has, has deprived sensory, they've got blindfolds on, they've got noise canceling headphones, and they're listening to a scanning radio. And people in the room are asking questions out into the ether. Um, and we're getting responses from this person who can't hear anything that's being said in the room, and they're they're apt responses very specific responses
0: it's crazy and that's
3: that's something that i can't explain um because how how would they how would they have any kind of association with what's being said and what what answers they're providing so that that's something that's that's got my ma- my brain in a twist right now is trying to reconcile that wow
0: i made him wear the blindfold that went over and um we were doing it and, you know, asking the questions, it was like 10 of us there. And I said, you know, can you give us the name of the guy with the blindfold on? The next words he said was talk first. And then he said something else I can't remember. And he's like, Matt, like he was afraid to say his own name. And so like stuff like that, like it just, it's creepy. It's really creepy.
3: (laughs) I had to really pause and think about it. Like, I swear I heard my name. I need to be objective i'm just going to say what i heard um and that it was you know it answered a question so just wild wacky stuff that i can't explain
1: wow we're gonna have to come to one of your guys's tours or something yeah. This sounds awesome i'm in
3: <laughs> hey don't threaten us with a good time that sounds great
0: <laughs> yeah but. you guys should come you should come to it next year we're working on um Trying to get a couple of more uh places like that um, where people can can go and actually like investigate and experience things. Um, but it's just, you know, it takes a lot of effort and time and trying to figure out because like I said, there's really not that many good places left in Utah. So
3: mm-hmm.
0: we're working on it. Hopefully within the I think within the next year we'll have a couple others.
3: Yeah, it, it takes a lot of relationship building um because ghost groups will come in there and either disrespect the property or make a bunch of wild claims that kind of cast that location in a bad light. Um, Not naming names, but setting up that trustful relationship gets you into those places and lets you come back to those places. Right now we're the exclusive uh, ghost hunting and and, uh, paranormal group for Wendover Airfield um and that that was not easy to do Mm -hmm. so we we'd love to be able to set that up with other locations so that we can have a trust relationship with them and know that you know we're not going to be pulling shenanigans and and causing more heartache and work for them uh and it's actually a draw for their location and and can help them raise more funds like we're doing in wendover
0: there's a fine line you gotta walk between like i don't like being able to do events like that and and keeping it respectful for, especially with Wendover, cause it's just so like historically significant. So you, you just have to be, you have to be like really careful. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we try really hard, like, you know, to do it good, so.
3: Yeah, I, I think a lot of it is just recognizing that these spirits were people once and respecting that, you know, they are people, treating them like people. And likewise, recognizing that You know, the gravitas of the location um, where people may have died, lost their lives or loved to be there and was important to them and others that are still living um, is a real thing. And you have to respect that.
1: Well, you hint at some relationship building. and I can cut this out if you don't want it out in the the world yet. But what kind of places are you looking to build that relationship with?
0: Um, I really want to try to get something going at the lava hot springs Inn, mm. um, and then we have another one, um, in Gooding, Idaho, that we're working on. Um, and it was an old TV hospital turned like Airbnb type situation, but it's a really big building. Um, so those are the two that, that I, I think we have a kind, I don't know, a fairly decent chance maybe. Yeah. Um, there's other places like um, the Rollins Territorial Prison, but that's like four hours away. And um, we've had guests that are like, we want to go to the um, Idaho State Penn, which is in Boise. So that's even further away. And like, I'd love to do stuff like that, but it it makes it hard when it's, you know, when it's five plus hours away.
3: Yeah. So yeah, out here in the West, everything's a lot more spread out or they're knocking it down for. You know, building building ugly apartment buildings um you know back east it's it's a lot more target rich um you know because it's it's older
0: yeah
3: um, they're respecting their heritage a little bit more out there and um everything's a little closer together
1: we gotta get working on some places down here in salt lake too there's a lot of i think a lot of good places in this area
0: the utah county jail was awesome but we actually did events years and years and years ago we did an event there and we were going to make it a regular thing. And then, uh, people broke in and like messed up the sub basement so bad that it wasn't sound anymore. And so we couldn't, we couldn't, we couldn't even go in, let alone like take people in, which is a shame because that place was nuts. I think they, I think, I think it's been gone for a couple years, but I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent, but like we'd hear the cell doors slamming shut. And we couldn't, we couldn't close them because they didn't have a key. And so like one of us had gotten locked in the cell, they would have had to call the fire department to get us out. And so we like, didn't touch them, but yeah, we'd hear them. We'd hear them slamming. We'd hear like people walking down the hallway. And we actually, we got into that place because a film crew, they were filming a movie out there. And the guy took a picture down the hallway. It was the cell block. There's like this creepy person leaning out of the like cell like the cell door, kind of peeking around the corner. It's just, ugh, still gives me chills. That's how yeah. we ended up there, but it's gone. So,
1: I think another cool one would uh, be like the uh, Pioneer Village at Lagoon, because I've heard there's a yes. lot of things going on there too. But
0: then see, that's another thing. Like, um, a lot of people in Utah, and I get it. I get it because of like backlash from TV shows and stuff. So I'm not blaming these people at all. But they're just kind of you know they're uptight like they don't want to let people in and um i I get it like I get why they don't. it's just unfortunate.
2: So you don't know but what's true with them
1: what's fiction right when they do those shows they don't want yeah. to put it in a negative light to deter people from going there
0: right and you know if once it's on once it's on TV then you have just all sorts of people beating down your door wanting to get in so
1: that's
2: true, yeah. Well, it's kind of like the, I don't know if you guys heard this, but the Conjuring house went up for sale this week in Rhode Island. I saw that. 1.2 million. So you got to pay 1.2 million dollars to buy a haunted house. <laughs> you know, I for would it.
0: totally do that if I won the lottery. After I bought the nunnery.
1: Nunnery first. Yeah. And then the Conjuring house. You got to yeah. keep it local first and then we'll, we'll right. branch out.
3: Wasn't there the meme that said not haunted on the for sale sign? Right. No. <laughs> it used to be people wouldn't want to buy a haunted house and now it's going for 1.2.
2: So that brings up probably my last question. What What are your thoughts on like the Conjuring movies and stuff like that? Do you guys enjoy watching them or is it what's.
0: Yeah. Like I, so we love horror movies. Um, I like everything scary. I don't care like, you know, what it is. Um, and I like, I totally, I, I like fake ghost stories just as much as i like real ghost stories i just don't like it when people are like you know trying to pass something off as not being fake when it's totally fake so i love the conjuring movies we've watched all of them like almost as soon as they came out
3: we i i like the first conjuring movies and then they really lost me at the nun it was like Oh, we're trapped in this scary convent. Oh, excuse me, sister. Do you know? Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, that was scary. Oh, I, I hope we can make it out. of. Oh, there's there's a sister. Oh, excuse me, sister. Can you help us? Oh, God. Oh, God. Run, run, run. <laughs> it's like, OK, how many times are you guys going to do this? Yeah, yeah, many,
2: yeah, it was such a relatively low budget. The first Conjuring movie, I think it was like 20 million to make it and it made so much money that they're like, oh. <laughs> um, how many stories you guys got there? The Warrens that they yeah. yeah, they're called the Warrens, and, yeah. You know the Warrens, like how many stories you got? Well, I guess we'll make up our own stories. And mm-hmm. anyways, yeah. But they're still one f- of the
3: best low budget horror movies I've seen is um, the Blackwell Ghost series. I
2: don't think it's, I've heard of that. It's one.
3: amazing. It's on Amazon, and it's yes. it's done by this uh, producer director who did a couple of zombie movies uh, in his past, and like super like shoestring budget um and these were like shoestring budgets as well and at one point you realize and you recognize this is a show this is for entertainment but he pulled he sucks you in so easily because it really seems like it's real documentary um mm. and it, it it gets you so i i just i tore through that whole series just because he does such a good job And it's like just himself and maybe some unseen crew, but it was, I, I absolutely applaud him. It didn't take me out for one minute. Um, even when I recognized that, Hey, you know, I don't think I'd be going back there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And my wife and I love. Love being scared, the scary movies and stuff like that. So we're same as you guys. We're the first in line when the conjuring movies come out. And yeah, we're part anything. of the problem why they keep making these ridiculous movies. But then some of you go to you're just like rolling your eyes going, What the like did they not read the script before <laughs> they <even laughs> this film? Uh, there was no script. That's the twist. We're oh, just
3: shit. making it
1: up. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. But well, thank you so much, you guys, for coming on and talking with us about your the dead history and your tours you've done. Like you said, there's not a whole ton of episodes, but there's a good amount to listen to um, for the podcast you guys do. And I'm, I'm hoping you do more personally. Yeah. So follow along. You guys have a great Instagram page that you post great stuff on and and the blog. So check out Matt and Jennifer, the dead history and you find some good stuff.
0: Thanks, guys.
1: So, after all that, do you believe in ghosts?
0: I've always...
2: I kind of like the the response he had that I don't believe in ghosts, but things have happened that he can't explain. Yeah. So, I've always said yes, that I believe in ghosts for that reason, but I don't believe... I probably said this on the podcast before, and I probably have to ask you or my nephews, because you guys always like quote me from past episodes that I don't remember what I said. Um... But I believe you find what you're looking for. Hmm. So if you're looking for it, which obviously they are, you're going to find it. But if you're not looking for it, you're not going to find it. That's always been my philosophy. And I think that goes the same way with the
1: demon stuff as well. Yeah. If you're looking for it, you're going to find it. So. I believe in something. I don't know what that looks like in the ghost form. It's enough that I. I don't look for opportunities to go to a haunted place as much because I'm scared of what I'll find but I don't really know what that means yeah what what exactly I believe in and the like in seeing a ghost or things like that well I
2: appreciated them and their comments the whole thing that they're very factual mm-hmm. and they're not necessarily looking for the the craziness that people sometimes want to get with ghost hunting and the shows so So do I believe? Yes, I do believe that there's activity that happens, and we just can't explain it. Super excited to um, check out one of their tours now. Yeah, I've I've seen stuff like this advertised, and I've probably seen their stuff advertised before, but I'm more stoked about going now than I have in the past.
1: But I think this was a good introduction into October and the Halloween month to start with something more paranormal and i guess kind of what inspired halloween in the first place so a good a good start again thanks to jennifer and matt for helping us get off on the right foot yeah and uh, super excited for the stuff we have coming up for october like i said this is the reason we do it we kind of did this the windover airfield had reached out to us to come and do an episode eventually and we haven't had a chance to go out there but Eventually hope to have an episode just on it itself because there's so much there. Well, the, in the history end. of it, right? Not yeah, necessarily the haunted exactness of
2: it, but the history of it. So that's why we didn't really dive into all the the history of the the place because we will have a future episode talking just about
1: that. So yeah, hopefully to come eventually. I'm not gonna Soon. put a date <laughs> on it because whenever I do that, it it doesn't come. Well, like we mentioned in the interview, I just don't.
2: I'm not a big fan of driving. I yeah, that's the weekend, driving down to Zion for almost five hours. Coming back five hours, it's just not my cup of tea.
1: That's why you always have me drive. Now it's all making why, that's sense. Why brands, yeah, exactly. I drive to Provo for the BYU games. I drive us to Ogden.
2: Yeah. No thinking of all. You have to pay attention to the road. Maybe it's because I'm such a – and I have been since I was a kid. Like when we used to go on long trips and stuff like that every once in a while, we had a big van that I would sit in the back. And my mom and dad, you can not say – Crap! Do we forget Nate? Is that just being the back quiet? Because I just be staring out the window. Just I just love sightseeing, and, and I mean that's what drives me nuts about when I have to drive is I can't really pay attention to what's around me. Um, so that's part of the reason I don't like like driving. So
1: there is not a front runner to Wendover, so we're we'll probably gonna have to drive there when we get out there. But I'll drive. You okay. can you can see the sights, I can, sightsee. I can take pictures. You can of the take pictures of the tumbleweeds, the tumbleweeds, and everything else that's on the way there. But. A lot more fun stuff, so stick around with us this month. Thanks for listening to This Is a Place podcast. See you next week. In this town we call home, hope you enjoy this episode. La 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 la
2: la
0: la 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 la